views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Oh, it is the season. One of my favorites. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Halloween. And we've got great lineup for you today. But before I talk about, you know, our fabulous guest, Benny, how's Mr. Benny? Y'all dressed up? Benny's pretty good and not dressed up as of yet. I got two more hours before I can bust out the costume. Oh, boy. I know. I'll post it. I know. Yeah. And I'm hoping for all the kitties that are going to be going out. You know, I'm just doing my little please, my sun dance. <laughs> yeah, so right. So the little sun come out. Yeah. I mean, I was just out there uh, coming in. I came back from an appointment I had. And, oh, my gosh, I'm like, where is this rain coming from? Yeah, it was pouring pretty heavy uh, earlier this morning and just kind of lightened up a little bit down here in the south. It did lighten up a little bit. Now, today we got some really cool things we're going to talk about. We're going to kick it off in the first hour talking about ghosts and the second hour about dragons. How fun is that? I'm excited about it. Uh, for those of you out there, I just want to introduce you. I, I had the opportunity to speak with Tina Irwin, oh, a number of months ago. And, you know, uh, I, you know I, I love reading books. Uh, but most importantly, I love reading books that remind me of some of the books and experiences I had as a child. And then I got to know Tina a little bit better. And uh, a lot better after she asked me to write a forward for her latest book, which we're going to talk about today. So I get this copy of, of the book and I'm thinking, OK, uh, you know, I know I got to write a forward. I don't know what I'm going to say. But then I start reading the book. And as I'm reading the book and going through the book, these are short stories. And I love that they're short stories because for many of us. When you sit down and you read these stories and you think about, okay, wow, look at what just happened here. And they're so beautifully written because they represent Tina's experience. You know, when you go through an event in life, no one can write about what that event is like better than you. And at the same time, there's a level of authenticity and a level of, um, how should I say it, uh, detail that you just can't make up. Things like this that happen in the ways that Tina is describing them here uh, are just absolutely, they took my breath away. So I did write the forward to the book. 
One of the stories in particular we're going to talk about today is the acting couch. And I'm so thrilled. You're going to hear about the release of this book. You're going to hear about Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View, Trilogy, Volume 3, by my very special guest today. She's not your ordinary psychic. I know that after reading uh, the book in many, many ways. She has a, a background that one would think, wait a minute, really with that background? But with the background she has as a retired U.S. Navy commander, she understands the importance of detail and attention and paying attention. But something else happens to Tina. She helps that lost soul get to where they want to get to. She helps a lost soul get to the place that we hear so much about in our pop culture. She helps that lost soul be free. Tina, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you for that amazing introduction. I I am honored and humbled all at the same time, and I am deeply grateful that you were able to write such a, again, very humbling forward to this book. I, I'm grateful beyond words. Well, you know, this is really, uh, for me, who've had experiences like you've described in the books, um, we're living in a time right now where I believe our pop culture, and I would love to hear from you on this, I believe our pop culture has literally opened the door for us to not just have conversations like this, but bring these conversations to the mainstream. You know, we're seeing it in blockbuster movies. We're seeing it in in movies that represent the idea of soul travel. So many things. I would love to hear from you. What do you think that, you know, the world is now ready for? And has this uh, affected the way you show up in the world now? I believe that we are approaching a new concept in physics. It's a marriage of the new and the old. And from the point of view where we, we started out with Newtonian physics, and we've now moved into quantum physics. And I'm not a physicist. I'm not. So I'm not going to spout off some, <laughs> some amazing formula from, like, the Big Bang Theory. Right. But my point is that we know that in basic physics, energy is neither created nor destroyed. And what's happening is we have equipment that is becoming so sensitive through the light spectrum that there are, there are videos, things that are happening that are now being seen on a different light spectrum, a different mathematical frequency spectrum, and now you can see the souls leave the body. There was one in a hospital in Russia. Their, their gas stations are picking up ghosts walking around. Some of them, yeah, somebody's playing with a computer and they're making you believe it. But there's one where a guy took a picture of an accident scene, and this one is believed to be real. I'm qualifying that where they saw his soul leaving the body and hovering above the accident scene. That's typically what happens. They do that. Mm. So people are capturing things with these new, they're not new, but the increasingly progressive technology of iPhones, even beyond the standard, you know, Sony and Canon cameras, 
iPhone cameras and Samsung cameras are considered at the top of the line. They're yeah. amazing. So we're yeah. actually able to cap capture on our camera phones what we have sensed for a long time, for which there's no real explanation. So I believe that technology is finally catching up to the metaphysical, and metaphysics is just beyond the physics we know. My feeling is it just hasn't quite been discovered yet. I love what you're talking about here because, you know, we are looking at technology that's doing all sorts of things. You know, I, I mean, everything from deciphering Dead Sea Scrolls that, you know, thousands of years back, you know, to really looking at the fact that, oh, wait a minute, there are actually orbs. Um, and I love that we're able to do that. At the same time, our technology is also aiding in defining for us things like the pyramids, which people say it was impossible for those to be built. Right. I mean, right. we've all heard those stories like what? Uh, how did we do it? How many stones? How did they cut the, you know, so we're hearing this. What is it in the energy and the vibration right now that is so opening up the door for conversations about angels, conversations about crossing over, and conversations that sometimes lost uh, souls get stuck? I think these conversations cause people to embrace concepts that they might not have considered before mm. and it's especially when it comes to ghosts the ghosts are such a complicated topic because we think of them in a almost i want to say one-dimensional way yeah. uh -huh. somebody dies they become a ghost okay a person dies and the energy that animated them leaves the body just like water evaporates. Where does that evaporated water go? It goes somewhere. Ice becomes liquid, hard ice becomes liquid water, which becomes water vapor, which comes around and becomes rain. It is a continuous cycle. The energy of water is not destroyed. So we are not unlike water since we are made up primarily of water. So when we leave the mortal frame, the energy that defines us transitions from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. And so the Bible, and I am not an authority on the Bible, I'm going to state mm -hmm. that clearly, but there's a passage in the Bible, in the Quran, in the Kabbalah, and, and on and on in, in the ancient first, in um, New Old Testament, to talk about when I walk through, lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, what is that if it isn't the fourth dimension? Uh-huh. Fear no evil. What does that mean? And why would you be afraid? Because there are things in the fourth dimension that are not pleasant. And this is why I always encourage people to cross your loved one over. And people say, oh, no, I want to hold on. And that the concept of attachment is a whole different discussion. But if that person continues and, you know, they ask for God's help, for thou art with me, thy rod and staff comfort me. And so that person gets to leave the fourth dimension and transitions to the fifth. It's like the fourth dimension is a, it's like a, a step-down transformer or a step-up transformer. 
and you need a frequency high enough to be able to cross over into the heaven world, but something makes your frequency too low. Maybe you died a horrible death, or maybe you were in a crash, or maybe you were guilty. Fill in the blank. Maybe you don't even know that you died. Maybe you have mm. no idea you're dead. Wow. That's another challenging concept. And there's anecdotal stories about this from the dawn of time mm. of ghosts. People don't understand that they're dead. And that need to help them is so important. I basically have dedicated the rest of my life to to sharing this concept in as down-to-earth a way as possible. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, we have got a lot to talk about uh, because there is everything that Tina just said, plus the fact that we are now in an energy of vibration, a change of consciousness, polarizing. You know, clearly our elections show that. But what is it in this energy, in this vibration? Why are so many people leaving the planet right now? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about at least one of the stories in the book, acting The Acting Couch. This one shook me up a bit. And uh, we're thrilled to be talking about the release of Tina's new book. If you want to find out more about Tina, I'll tell you all about that in a minute when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you sick of feeling overworked with no motivation? Take a break from the daily grind. Life coach Nicole Eisler is here to provide a healing journey of optimism. Passionate and caring, Nicole is no ordinary soul. Her dedication to helping everyone has no limit. Witness the power of positivity. Tune in every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Positivity Party Radio with Nicole Eisler on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit BigDreamAwakening.com. Would you like to experience life-transforming adventures in personal expansion and world service? If you do, tune in to learn about magical innate abilities that you can develop and use to make your dreams come true. Joy Elaine is author of The Joy Chronicles, and she's inviting you and millions of others to join her in working with galactic masters, angels, and the Ashtar Command as they assist humanity and planet Earth to achieve their ultimate destination of ascension. For more information about this upcoming event and broadcast, visit joyelaine.com. That's joy, E-L-A-I-N-E, dot com.
tune in to The Michael Shane Show the third Tuesday of each month at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and connect with the ascended beings to raise your vibration and manifest the life you desire. Get ready to receive healing through the transphysical mediumship of Reverend Michael Shane and the ascended beings. Visit MichaelShane.com. That's M-Y-C-H-A-E-L, Shane.com, and call 425-971-6632 to schedule your full healing session now. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Pat. I am so thrilled. I've had the honor of working with Leslie Fontaine for the past year or so. And what she has created in her hit program, Sheer Alchemy, transcends what most of us get to listen to or hear in any point in time in our lives. But beyond that, Leslie is working with people all over the world and she has created something phenomenal based on the feedback and input from the Archangels, from the Ascended Masters, from the light beings, and most importantly, from each and every one of you. So if you want to change your life, if you're ready to step into your own version of Sheer Alchemy, please give Leslie a call at 678-665-3366. And why? Because this is what you're going to be prepared to do. Be amazed and on your part, connect with the Ascended Masters that are there to help you custom make the life that you are meant to live. Wow. Hey, Benny, thank you. Hey, everyone, welcome back. I am so thrilled to have Tina Irwin joining us here today. I love how Linda just organizes and has these shows happen for us. You know, my favorite day of the year, we're kind of sitting at it right here. And for those of you that are tuning in, uh, I'm so thrilled to be introducing all of you, if this is first time, uh, to Tina Irwin. Uh, Tina, also, before we jump back in to talk about ghosts, talk about stories, talk about attachment, um, uh, let's talk about the the book that you've just released and how people can find out more about you. Thank you, Pat. I have a website, tinairwin.com, and it's Irwin with an E. And under the Books tab, I have five books out. Three of them are the Ghost Trilogy, Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View. One is The Lightworker's Guide to Everyday Karma and The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief. And the I just released the third book in the trilogy of ghost stories that actually came out this past Saturday. So I'm very, very excited to have that book available for people to read and to questions. And if you have questions or comments on my website, there's a, a contact us page to send me a, an email and let me know what you think. And some of these concepts are possibly a little unnerving. So I understand that. Wow. Uh, And some of them are unnerving. Um, You know, Tina, there might be folks that uh, don't know what your journey's like, don't know what it is that you do. And before we talk about attachment, I think it's so important for you to share your story, your journey that brought you here, that brought you to be able to write a book about your experiences. Give, give folks an idea what the heck happened on the way to being Tina Irwin. <laughs> I thought that I was, I went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I thought I was 
going to have a, you know, a career in business. And I ended up joining the Navy because the recruiter was just adorable. And I met my husband my first day and, you know, the, we've been, you know, together for 43 years. And so that, that's a long, that's a long time to be together. But along the way, we began to discover that the psychic ability I thought that was just a little bit began to blossom once I married my husband, Troy, who was also uh, a retired naval officer. And we traveled. We lived in Italy. We had an awful lot of psychic experiences happen there. I could see the future. I know when things were coming. I And my accuracy rate was, was pretty dead on. I learned that I was doing something called remote viewing, but I didn't know that's what it was called. Mm. I could see things I shouldn't know are there. And I think I'm no different than a lot of people who wake up one morning and discover they're pretty psychic, and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how it works. They don't know why this happened to them. Some people hope it will go away, but it doesn't go away. Sometimes this is your life. And it's better to learn what you're supposed to do with it in a responsible, karmically correct way than pray that it'll just go away and you don't have to face it. Sometimes you just have to face what you can do and the ramifications of it. And let, as an example, what if you could see the future and you could affect someone's life? Or what if you can see the future and there's nothing you can do? Huh. How do you handle those experiences? And this happens to people every day all over the world. A lot of people saw 9-11. There are anecdotal stories of people who saw as the Titanic sailed away past England, people standing on the cliffs waving at it said, that ship is going to sink. I mean, people saw things happen. Kennedy's assassination was predicted by Gene Dixon. Link assassination was predicted. We know people have had these abilities for a long time. There's nothing special about me in that regard. Well, you know, what's special about it is a number of folks don't choose to talk about it or describe so vividly the experiences that you have. And uh, and that really leads uh, me to, to talk about uh, not just the books. We're going to have plenty of time to do that. But there is this, how do I want to say it? I think there's this like cognitive dissonance about the idea of attachment. And what I mean by that is, you know, we say, you know, I want to let go of my mom's spirit or I want to let go of my child that I lost or or even a pet. You know, I want to let go. And then on the other hand, inside we're saying, but I don't want to let go. I'm afraid I'm going to lose the connection. I don't want to let go. A lot of times we see ghosts and especially in movies and so forth about their attachment to us humans. But does the other exist? And what is this dynamic? What is the effect it causes? The issue of attachment is a karmic issue. And human beings believe that they that their love is so important and they, they want to hold on to the person that they lost. And it's, it's seldom can anyone live a mortal life without experiencing the crushing grief of death, of this loss. And so 
to be able to say I want to hold on or I'm getting messages from my husband or I know my, my daughter is going to visit me in the sleep state, so I, you know, I don't want to cross her over. I want to wait. I want to get all these messages. I want to keep the connection. Mm. And physics, physics doesn't, isn't, let me rephrase that. It's not sure. so much about physics as it's about the emotion and the dynamic of our our love, the living can haunt the dead mm. by holding on. And I that that may sound cruel, you know. I'm holding on because I love the person, but you don't understand what they're experiencing. They, especially children, children don't understand what to do at death. Mommies and daddies tell them, but when they die, no one tells them what to do. Mm-hmm. Automatically assume that their child just crosses over. Oh, right, exactly. They, I've crossed over a lot of animals. My neighbor's dog died. I sent her. I printed out the the crossing over prayer for animals and filled in her dog's name and sent a sympathy card and said, "Please read this as your dog is being put to sleep." And the whole family mm-hmm. gathered around and they read this prayer as the dog was dying, and they said they couldn't believe how wonderful they felt because they knew that this loyal golden retriever was now in a better place, and they felt something lift inside of them that was really positive. And people believe that if they let that loved one, mother, father, child, aunt, dog, brother, sibling go, somehow they've lost the connection. But love never dies. Love transcends time and space, and dimension, and the love that you have for another, whether it's a human or an animal, isn't going to die because you cross them over. They're not going to stop hearing from you or hear your prayers. It's just that they are now in a place of light. They're not in darkness anymore. They're not wandering the fourth dimension in a timeless state. Some people still feel some of the causes of their death. Some people feel guilt. They feel anger. They feel frustration. They feel horror. Wouldn't you want someone to love you enough to let you go into the light? Yeah. Stop holding you in darkness? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you love them less because you've crossed them over. It means that you... Love them enough to let them go mm-hmm. and have that light experience. Sit down with these, these what are called counselors of divine wisdom when after you've crossed over and they review the life just lived. They restore in the 23rd Psalm, he restoreth my soul. Suppose this person did terrible things. Suppose that happened. Suppose this person was victimized and it felt like their soul was shredded. Wouldn't you want that person to be restored? Isn't that what you'd want for yourself? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when yeah. that soul is crossed over, you have provided by your intention and your love probably the greatest gift you could give, one soul could give to another. Mm. And wow. that is. 
That is the power of releasing attachment. And all the great wise ones discuss this. I'm just just somebody's additional messenger. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about when we come back, I want to ask you about ghost stories from the ghost point of view, uh, volume three. Uh, and the reason I want to talk about it, we're going to share some stories. And also for those of you listening, we're going to tell you how you can download one of the stories from the book. Uh, but we're thrilled to have Tina Irwin joining us here today. And for those of you, the book is available. Go to her, go to Tina's website, or you could simply go to Amazon, Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View. I, I was so struck by the, you know, the level of engagement that I experienced in reading the book in the stories that there's one story in particular that I felt I was right there with the person, right there. And as a matter of fact, so much so that I picked up the phone, I had to call Linda, and I said, every one of these stories in the book is just fabulous, but I am baffled as to why this one particular story just grabbed onto me. Stay tuned when we come back. You'll hear what that story is. Uh, we'll tell you more about how you can get a copy of Tina's book. Uh, and I was honored to have written, um, you know, at least uh, written the forward in the book uh, to to share my experience of this this amazing body of work by Tina Irwin. We'll be right back. Are you ready for a game changer? Sarah Westall is bringing you Business Game Changers Radio. Sarah brings you leading experts, visionaries, and newsmakers who provide the best commentary on big issues and cutting-edge innovations. Sarah's 20 years as a business executive will help you think like an entrepreneur with expertise, energy, and attitude. Tune in to Business Game Changers Mondays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Have you ever wanted to learn about the colors of your chakras? Well, now's your chance. Lynn Brown, host of Get Into It, is hosting an event Friday, November 4th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. in Mount Vernon. Every person will get a reading on the most prominent color in their aura. Join Lynn Brown November 4th at the Riverwalk Studio in Mount Vernon. To register for this event, call 360-588-4713. That's 360-588-4713. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns 
designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. everybody welcome back oh my gosh thank you benny for the cool music thank you yeah i just want to say to everybody i got a sneak peek at uh tina Irwin's latest book uh i got to take a look at you know ghost stories from the ghost's point of view uh and it's a trilogy all of the books are amazing if you haven't read them uh but this is volume three and, you know, Tina's going to share a really interesting story that happened in the writing of this book. And then there's also an interesting thing that happened to me, not about writing the book, but about out of all of the stories in this book, there was a story in this book that grabbed onto me and wouldn't let go. And what happened about that story is something similar shows up in the headlines. And I have a meltdown. But Tina, I mean, I don't know what you're going to say about this, it, anything. I don't know what you're going to say. But I, I would love to talk with you about volume three. What is it about this volume that might be different from the others? And I would love for you to share this story about what you and I were just talking to about even our signal breaking up today. What happened in the publishing of this book that really, you know, got you uh, to step back? Well, I, as I was ex- sharing with you earlier, mm-hmm. we had a, my, my business partner, Laura Van Tyne, and I had a, a real challenge because this book is edited by, heavily edited by six different people because there's so many major metaphysical concepts that how this book is worded is very important. So it is heavily edited, and then I go over it probably 15 times, 10, 15 times myself. It's not, I'm not going to claim it's perfect, but I mean, anything major, we're one of the, one of us is going to catch. And so we publish it, 
you know, it's uploaded to uh, Apple and it's Kobo, which is all over Europe and all these different places and Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And all of a sudden, we were flipping through it online, and we looked at the title page, <laughs> copyright page, and it looked like someone had sprinkled words at the top of the page. And 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 Laura calls me. She says, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do about this?" And I, I said, "Somebody is playing with us from the other side because the publishing venues that we have used now for." Oh, a lot. I've been publishing since 2009. This has never yeah. happened. You don't just sprinkle words on a plane because it page because you upload it as a PDF. I mean, it's 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 set. It's not like you can go in and, and edit it after that. And these weren't there, so we were stunned that that appeared. And we just decided to talk about it out loud, not pretend like we didn't edit it. We did, but we think that there are some ghosts out there that maybe want people's attention, and maybe they want some help, too, because this book is very different. It it might shift someone's view of what they think about metaphysics and the paranormal, mm. and paranormal means beyond what you think is normal. Metaphysics is beyond what you think of, of as physics, and this book basically charts the things that happened to me from the time my husband and I got married through some of the most telling stories. We lived in Italy three years, and we had some experiences there because we were stationed in buildings that were uh, built by the Nazis and uh, the fascists under the Mussolini regime, and we knew they were haunted. So, you know, we've got those. I've got that story in there. I, I have stories of premonitions, two, two kinds of premonitions, and what happens to you with those. They're beyond they're beyond just moving a ghost on. What happens if you know someone's going to die? What do you do about it? What can you do something about it? Can a person can you see a person who's going to die before mm-hmm. they die? And if so, what do you do if you see a dead person and that person hasn't died that yet and you know you know with a sickening certainty that they are going to die? Then what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do if you you see a ghost, and this ghost has committed a horrific act. Do you turn your back and let them sit in hell, or do you cross them over? And what is the karma attached to that? Why would you do that? And that's those are some of the issues that this particular book addresses, in addition to some just interesting stories. These are people's lives. This, I mean, somebody else's mm-hmm. death that you know could be here. It's, there's an ordinariness to it and an extraordinariness to the stories because you're seeing things in a different way. Yeah. Things happen to me. They're real. Yeah. You know, it's interesting about the, the words that you say on the page because I didn't read them at words. You know, can I, can I share with you how I read them? Sure. I read them as dialogue. It was clear to me that these are two people talking. And I and and here's the way I read them. And this is what happens to me when I read. I I am a visual, so I don't see words. I see images, right? That's a little thing that happens with me. And so I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, I got to ask Tina about what she put over here. And so I was reading. It was kind of like, oh, was that yes? Here, yeah, sorry, sorry for chair. It was like, was that yes? Here, yeah, sorry. For a chair, right on. See, yeah. 
And then I read it back and I said, no, that's not it. That's not what they said. That's not what he said. That's my brain now. I'm like, that's not what he said. And then I go, was that yes? Here, yeah, sorry for chair. Right, right, oh, see ya. That's different. Mm-hmm. That's a little dialogue. So I thought you put that in there like a little dialogue thing. And then now I'm hearing it and I'm thinking, uh-oh, was I imagining something there? So it's fascinating to me. But I got to ask you, and maybe you can help me out with this. Out of all the stories in this book, I love these. And as a matter of fact, I got to tell you, I'm going to be rereading the book tonight because why? This is my favorite day. <laughs> and I'm going to t- turn all my lights out and I got a little reading headlamp thing. Benny's like probably laughing now. Uh, and Benny, as a matter of fact, let's just skip the next break. I got a little reading headlamp and I'm going to turn the lights out and I have these little electronic candles that I use. Can you imagine me there? And I'm going to read it again. But I don't know if I'm going to read this story again because this was so real to me. And I am struck by how this is being enacted now in in the world. And um, and, you know, the story I'm talking about. And um, I don't know. Did you plan to have this be a download? Uh, Because it is. Isn't this the story you're offering as a free download to people? Yes, we are. Oh, man. And we. and we did it because it had an effect on you. It and did. We it's still it. having an effect on me. <laughs> <laughs> we did it because we. it was mentioned to us that this was a very interesting story to you. And mm. we thought, well, you know what? Since this is in the news and this is such mm. a dynamic story and it's happened, mm. it's happened to people, it's happened to women for a very long time, unfortunately, mm that maybe it's time to bring this up into the surf and up to the, mm-hmm. the surface and talk about the, the, the after effects of such an event on a person's mm-hmm. life. Let's talk about it now. And we're going to skip the break so we can talk about it. Um, I was cold to the bone. Tell everybody what the acting couch is about. The acting couch is about a young girl in her early, her late teens, who decides to go to California and be an actress and she's in the late late 1920s and she sees uh, they have they have silent films and she wasn't wanted she was a good for nothing female a girl and she wasn't loved or appreciated by her parents so that's where the first level of abuse starts and then she goes to Hollywood and she figures all she has to do is look cute on the that big silver screen and then she's going to be famous like Mary Pickford, and she'll be able to prove to her family that she wasn't worthless. So she gets, she saves her her egg money and the money she saved, and she you know takes a bus to California. She gets off the bus in Hollywood, and and she describes what her life is like and how she's trying to get parts and how she need discovers she really does need acting lessons and she's doesn't have any money, uh, and she works, and finally she get, she goes on all the auditions, and, I mean, how many thousands of times has this been reenacted in Hollywood? <clears throat> and and one of them, the director says, listen, come to my office at, so in, at 5 o'clock, and we're going to run lines. You might be really good for this part. Mm. Oh, my God. This girl is over the moon. 
she has her hair and makeup done. She only has two dresses. It's the 20s. Nobody has any money. And she's so excited. So she goes, and the secretary looks at her like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea what to come and do you, sweetie. And he runs lines, and she describes what he looks like. She describes to me what what this man smelled like and and that he made her run this love scene again and again and again. And finally, he just raped her right there on, on the couch. That's why it's called the acting couch. Mm. And she, it's like something died in her at that moment. The mm. light went out inside of her on a profound level. And she... She didn't know what to do with herself. She kind of tried to regroup and go on acting um, acting calls, audition calls, but she discovered she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't run parts if you're pregnant, and she fortunately had a waitressing job, and she has a baby. And she knew girls got in trouble, and they had a way to get rid of it. But abortion wasn't an option. She didn't have the money for an abortion. She didn't know any abortionists. And in her mind, she went ahead and had the baby. And she brings it home, and she doesn't know what to do. She has no idea what to do. She can't go home with it. She doesn't want this child, and so she feeds it rat poison. Mm-hmm. She kills this baby. Mm. And she is she's still going on these, these auditions, still hoping that she can get past this and be discovered and be famous. And this happens to her three more times. She has three more babies. Mm. And she kills all three babies. She wraps them in newspaper after she's killed them, and she puts them in the trash. So, you know, it's, you know, it's 90 years later, or, and you know, it's so many years later, it's modern times, and this couple asked me to clear their condo in Los Angeles. Wow. And I, this is how I discovered uh, Becky Sue. And I finally, and she's telling me what happened to her. Well, after she kills the fourth child, she was so dead inside, she packed up and went back to Iowa. And she died of breast cancer. Talk about a broken heart. Wow. And she died before her parents. So I crossed her over, and then I turned to the four babies that were in that condo. And I crossed each of them over, and I brought in an angel, and I had the angel pick them up and cross them over. And that was the first time they had really ever felt love. Because you're a baby. You don't know what to do. You're, you know, you're brand new into a mortal world, maybe an old soul, but, you know, at this moment, you're still a baby in the fourth dimension. So they were all crossed over. And, you know, someone might say, well, you know, she was a murderer. She killed four children. Why did you cross her? Why did you let her suffer? And and the answer is because it's not mine to decide. It's way Mm -hmm. beyond my pay grade. My job is to help the souls in front of me so that they can receive the help that they need and get an understanding of what happened to them in this life and how they can perhaps prevent that from happening in the next life and what is the process of atonement 
because of what they did and what happened to them. And that doesn't even begin to address the karma that each of these directors created when they took advantage of these women. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to ask you this question because I'll tell you this story. I, I just want to tell our audience. I read this book way before anything came out in the news uh, it, it, about the candidate. I the, 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 I did not read the book after I read it before. And as I read it before, it was I, I was it felt so real for me in the moment that I'm living in this world, Tina, not not like that world, but something about this story was so real. I can't even talk. I, I don't know how to explain this. It was so relevant about the world we live in today and what was happening in the world. And then, of course, the headlines. Right. And I still don't understand, for me personally, what my connection is here. Now, I will tell you this, that uh, since uh, these issues have come up in the media, especially about sexual assault, um, I have got moral calls from people that I know that I worked with in the workplace because I'm a little bit older, right? You and me, Tina, right? We're a little bit older, right? And I got calls from from daughters of mothers who were, did that happen to my mom? You know, when you were there, did that happen in the workplace? And I'm thinking, what disservice that those of us that that grew up in a generation, what what level of disservice have we created by not being honest? You know, what have we done to not be out in the world and say, yes, not only did it happen, but it still happens. I mean, you, do you see where I'm coming? And so I read the story. I was deeply affected by it. And then I was also triggered. How does this all work? And I know we've got about five minutes left, but I don't think I'm alone in people that get connected to stories like this. What is happening? You know, what is it that I probably have to clear from my past? Well, it's entirely possible. And I am not a believer in telling anyone their past lives. So I am yep. not telling yep. you a past life because no. I do not know your past lives, nor would I even, if I did, I wouldn't right. tell you. It's possible that there's something about this story that has something to do with one of your past lives. And... And it's so incredibly real, and that's why the Echoes of the Inquisition is a very important story mm-hmm. for your readers. Mm-hmm. Because something that, can, that has happened in a past life can haunt you in this life. Mm-hmm. And you won't know it until there is a collision of energies. You come face-to-face with that energy. This actually happened to me in Spain. Mm-hmm. I didn't do well in Spain, and I, I got physically sick in Spain when my husband and I were visiting. And I, years later, I realized that I was uh, thrown out of a window by the Inquisition. I died there. So that collision of energy took me back to that horrible time. So you can be haunted by a past event. And something that is happening in the present can trigger you to that past event. And men have been taking advantage of 
of women for a very, very, very long time and getting away mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, on the political spectrum, I, there's no party that is has clean skirts on this. Okay. Every, if, I don't know of any politician party right. clean. No. It, it's as if this is something that, you know, good old boys do, and, you know, you kind of chuckle with each other across the aisle. Mm. And and so it's it makes you feel as if it's familiar because something similar could conceivably have happened to you in the past. Well, I'll and tell this, you, it doesn't have to be my past life. I called an old boss of mine. And and I talked to an old boss of mine here, uh, and I said to him, I said, you know, how bad was it? I did, Tina. I asked him, how bad was it? Was it all of us just blew by? And I'm not going to mention any names, so-and-so and and what he did. And he just laughed because he's a jolly kind of guy. And he said, yeah, Pat. He said, you're not, you're not, this is not an, an, an illusion. This is the way that you all were treated. Well, look and at so Gretchen Carlson. Look at the courage it took Gretchen Carlson. Oh, boy. To come out and stand up. Megyn Kelly didn't do that, but Gretchen did. Mm-hmm. And the amount of courage yeah. that it took in these times, and that's yeah. part of the issue is in these times, we are facing moral and ethical crises on levels it's like you can't put your, there aren't enough fingers to put in the dam anymore. It's coming out. Information is continuing to come out yeah. in, from all these levels. And as we restore our faith and ethics, that means this dirty, awful stuff has to come out. And it just stinks, mm-hmm. but it has to come out. We have wow. to get rid of this infection. Wow. Tina, I I can't say enough about um, how honored, and I shared in the last show we did my own experience with coming home from, uh, you know, school one day and walking in the house and seeing a family sitting in the kitchen downstairs, and uh, yeah, they weren't really there, but they were there. Um, I love that you are bringing all of these stories. You're not sugarcoating these, which I love. Because when you guys read this book, Ghost Stories from Ghost Point of View, there is no sugarcoating going on here. And I love that you have the courage to do that. Thank you for all that you do. One last question. I'd love to hear your personal message. What would you like to leave us with today? My message is that love any soul you encounter. If you have psychic ability on any level, or even if you don't, and someone you love died, have the moral and spiritual courage to give them the compassion you will want for yourself. Cross them over. And on my website, tinairwin.com, there is something called the crossing over prayer. And there's a video of it, too. Play it. Say it. If you've got psychic children who see ghosts, play the crossing over prayer for them. It makes a difference. Give these souls the compassion that you will want for yourself. I love it. Thank you so much. Tina Irwin, give us your website real quick, Tina. And then Tinairwin.com. come back. Thanks. And for those of you out there, go to Tina's site and you can download this story we're talking about here today. And if you don't think that things like this happen, remember that this story came out way before any headlines. Hey, everybody, 
We got dragons coming up. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.